0: Tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, Belgian UFO, Brenda's Fire, and Philip Breen.
1: Hi, I'm your co-host, Crystal. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And this is Reenacted, an Unsolved Mysteries podcast. So Chris, so right before we started recording, you had made a reference to something that I'm really excited to hear more about.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, my significant other David is currently baking a pie.
1: When you said I thought I smell I I think I smell a pie cooking, I thought yeah. like you just were like your mind was just playing tricks on you, but you you say that because you were you you know that there's a pie cooking.
0: Yeah, I know. No, it's not a mystery pie. It's a, it's it's definitely a pie, and I know what I know what kind of pie it's going to be too. Do
1: to tell.
0: Um. So Dave acquired I thought a couple of years ago, year and a half ago, acquired um a recipe, his family's recipe, his mother's recipe for strawberry pie.
1: Interesting strawberry.
0: And. Yeah, strawberry it's not it's not a pie you get out there a lot.
1: I don't I haven't you know? really encountered much in the way of strawberry pie ever really actually now that I think about it.
0: Yeah, I mean you get your uh you get your cherry pie, apple, berry, your other berry pies. Yeah, I yeah, got a blackberry, blackberry.
1: That that one's familiar.
0: Boysen boysenberry which is really just another kind of blackberry. Yeah. Uh yeah, apple, of course. You know, then all the cu- the custard-based pies, pumpkin, and
2: mm-hmm.
0: all those things. Yeah, but you don't... Bl- is blueberry pie? That's yeah. real. Yeah, that's a thing. Um, Yeah, but strawberry pie. And so I guess this was Dave's uh, favorite growing up, and he, he convinced his mom to send over the recipe. So that's... Ooh. That's what he's making. Yeah. So, uh what kind of what's your what's your favorite pie robbie i mean i know this is like a sophie's choice situation it's like pick your favorite <laughs> child
1: yeah did they ever make a sequel to sophie's choice i guess they wouldn't
0: i don't <laughs> think so <laughs> yeah i mean i guess like
1: i mean the thing was is if they did and it involved another choice it wouldn't be that difficult because you know you, yeah. you only have the one kid left so you, you don't have to choose um Right. God, okay. th- yeah. th- this, this pie conversation took a dark turn. Um, sure did. I suppose, I mean, obviously, I enjoy pumpkin a lot, but, hmm. you know, hmm. having it outside hmm. of the holidays just yeah. s- feels wrong to me. So, yeah. you know, if it's like summer... And I'm going to have a piece of pie. It's not going to be pumpkin. It would, okay. It would most likely. Well, it well, it is summer. Yes, it's June 18th. The time we're recording this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I mean, in the hypothetical situation of me having like a choice of pies, um, uh, I mean, if it's during the winter, you know, pumpkin might work its way in there. But just outside of Mm -hmm. anywhere outside of that, it's going to probably be apple
0: it's it's uh, it's the standard for a reason yeah it's also really hard to mess up Uh, you know what i mean even a bad apple pie is pretty good yeah
1: you know i don't think i've ever had an unsatisfactory apple pie experience i mean not to say like i've noticed differences in quality between apple pies but yeah even the ones that were on the low end of the uh, spectrum i still enjoyed eating yeah now which uh so I mean, yes. How I
0: hold? You know what? I'm gonna crack up. I'm gonna crack open a drink right now while you, uh, while you marinate on whatever you're about to say. Yeah, no.
1: I, I was, I was going to bring up the topic of ice cream, but we really haven't even. Mm. You haven't had a chance to talk about your pie.
0: Well, I mean, I could have a whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, phrasing. Um, I could uh probably spend. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ! <laughs> I could probably spend an entire like an entire not just one episode of a podcast, but like have a whole other podcast series just just about pie. So okay, but I mean, the um the my favorite my favorite pie of all time. But I really can't eat it anymore because it's it's really creamy and I have a hard time with dairy and just makes me feel bad. Okay. Um, is uh, key lime pie? I mean, that's that's oh, the top spot.
1: Oh man, you know key limes for me. I've only had it yeah. a few times, but it is it is very appealing.
0: It's uh, it's also an easy one to screw up. You can get it wrong pretty easily. But you know, I I'd say just slightly. Both, sorry, there's some pie making activity going on in the kitchen. I can hear it. <laughs> um, slightly, <laughs> slightly uh, below key lime pie. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with like, probably apple. Wow. Again, uh, apple. Apple have a hard time with. Yeah. So, so I think my default pie now is just if I'm gonna if like pie is available, it's basically been narrowed down to two things. And I'm saying this regardless of seasonality because I would eat these pies at, at any time. Okay. At any time. Okay. Um, pecan pie. Hmm. Um and then uh sweet potato pie. Okay. And all pumpkin pie can just go directly into the garbage as far as I'm concerned.
1: <laughs> just, wow, that's a harsh yeah. statement. Um I like yep. I like sweet potato pie. To me it it's just as good as pumpkin. I I enjoy both interchangeably. Um mm,
0: they're very they're very similar but but uh, sweet potato pie doesn't have that pumpkiny weirdo aftertaste to it
1: Uh, i see yeah yeah that is the thing um i you know the number of times in my life where there's been a thanksgiving or a christmas and you know i've ate one ate ate one or two slices of pumpkin pie during the meal and then Mm -hmm. basically just like the next day breakfast lunch and dinner all are all (laughs) comprised of Mm -hmm. pumpkin pie as i'm cleaning out the uh the refrigerator.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh. Now pecan, I'm not really big on the pecan. I'm sorry. That's just hmm. that's a little too much like grown up for me. That's that's really that's the pie that my mom liked. It's just like eh.
0: it's. A, I think it's a it's it's uh, really because most of the time when you get pecan pie, it's just a top layer of pecans, and then it's like the corn syrupy goo.
2: Yeah. Um, I prefer
0: like a really like a like almost like a pecan tart, like a really a lot of pecans and a little bit of goo. Mm-hmm. But I think it's probably like in terms of how much sugar's in it, I mean, pecan pie is probably got the most sugar in it of all the
1: pies. Huh, interesting. Maybe maybe it's I'm just like prejudiced against it just cuz it has pecans involved.
0: Mm. Oh, you know, you know what other pie can go straight to hell as far as I'm concerned?
1: (laughs) Wow, you're, you're, you're you're really getting Pat Robertson with these, uh, pies. Yeah, uh... (laughs) I
0: really really am. I think, I think, I think besides me saying pumpkin pie can go straight in the trash, I'm sure that was a few unsubscribes immediately, uh, for that one, but I'm, I'm, Get, like buckle your seatbelts because cherry pie can can keep pumpkin pie company. Ooh, in the dumpster.
1: interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah uh, it can go straight in the
1: trash. Admittedly, I'm not big on cherry pie myself. Mostly just because this is going to sound ridiculous, but it's kind of Uh-huh. eating it is kind of like it, it feels kind of like a chore because like the cherries yeah. just like fall out and yep. Okay, good. I'm glad you know exactly what I'm saying
0: it plus it tastes like cherries uh so <laughs> that's the other problem with it um hey, speaking of uh pies and pastry, do you want to talk about some UFOs in Belgium?
1: I do. <laughs> All right, the first segment of episode of season season 4 episode 10 uh, ten, 10. 10 Yes, yes. of unsolved mysteries. Uh, <laughs> st- yes. Starts with uh A UFO segment. And it's actually one I vaguely remember as well. Um, because it's got this 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 is one that's got those neat triangular uh UFOs with the lights in the corners and the red light in the middle. Yeah. Uh I feel like I feel like that's that's a thing, right? I mean there's there's there there are plenty of UFO sightings Mm -hmm. that describe that.
0: That's pretty I think a pretty common pretty common uh yeah, description.
1: Yeah, UFOs. Um, and so what we got, uh, it starts out. We get some nice establishing shots of Belgium. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, kind of like you know, playing up like the the rich European history aspect of, of the place. And- yeah,
0: can I um, can I can I focus on the music because they were like playing um, classical music. Yeah. I don't know. It's the it's very broke. It's it's the song that goes. I don't know what that piece of music is called. do I. But I I want to introduce here now. Again, you know, in the vein of the Asian spa music and Native American pan flute music, that perhaps. Defaulting to baroque music when a uh, when a segment takes place in Europe is maybe not the most appropriate thing considering the subject matter. I mean, how wouldn't it have been more fun to get some stock music of like some sci-fi, sci-fi? Yeah, know. it, it, it yeah, maybe like a theremin or some some kind of. Music.
1: It's it's certainly a stra- very strange contrast. Uh, though, yeah. though it actually, like, it did lead me to wonder while I was watching the episode and then rewatching it. Um, you know, uh, you know, I was like, I, I started to try to like picture, I don't know, Beethoven or Mozart, like looking up in the sky mm-hmm. and seeing a UFO yeah. Pass overhead. A- yeah, And then it occurred to me, like, I mean, do we have any accounts of UFOs from like the 1700s?
0: Um yeah, I mean I think throughout history people have described the things. Oh. Uh generally they've they've been chalked up to I mean by the 1700s though people kind of had rudimentary telescopes and stuff. Yeah. But uh you know, I think a lot of it was chalked up to like oh that was a comet or oh that was a meteor shower and people didn't know what they were se- seeing, but I you know, it's an interesting question and maybe they did know what they were saying. and they knew it was different than a meteor shower or a comet.
1: Yeah, I that's that's interesting. Okay, I was just I was going to make some snide comment like, isn't it interesting how you don't really get very many UFO sightings until planes become a thing?
2: No other object has been misidentified as a flying
1: saucer more often than the planet Venus.
0: <laughs> oh. No, I'm pretty sure people have been seeing UFOs for like a thousand years in one form or another. <laughs> um, okay. Sorry to burst your bubble, but... But back on the music thing, the, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe that I'm too ignorant about classical music. I'm fairly certain that the the tune they played was like, was Mozart or Beethoven or something. And that those people are not Belgian.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I mean, you know, I wouldn't feel insecure with your, uh, uh, what you're saying at all, because I, you know, just as... As you've pointed out, that like play, playing that pan flute, or you know some uh, chimes or whatever for any th- segment that took place like in East Eastern mm-hmm. Asia, I mean, right? Not not everything in Europe is c- can be just summed up by Baroque music. <laughs> I mean, no, it, 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 it can't. It's, no, it's 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 emblematic. I think of just sort of like it's the same. I mean, it's the same thing that the whatever guy you know working on the unsolved mysteries crew, who they, yeah, just um, uh, he was like, "We need some music," and he just was like, "Well, everything in Europe's all the same, just like everything in Asia is all the same, and da da da." I'll just right. I'll just grab yeah I'll just grab this one specific thing, and this will be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I understand. I understand that like uh, they're limited to what's wh- you know fair use music, and a lot of that instrumental stuff is specifically all all classical music is fair use depending right. on the recording that you have. So, um, so I understand the limitations. Yeah, but what I'm noticing with uh, unsolved mysteries, and instead of like picking music that fits the actual theme of the segment, they go very like cultural or location based.
1: Yes, yes, you are correct, and that's weird to me.
0: That's very strange to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, you. I mean, you're right. It's like regardless of what kind, what the segment is that say takes place in Eastern Asia, um, whether it's of, you know, lost loves or wanted or mm-hmm. the unexplained, it's always the same damn music. Uh, mm-hmm. uh rather than just playing like you say music that you know, brings to mind like if it's a wanted segment, like you know, uh right. you know, the the, the or, or whatever. It, yeah. No, I I concur. Um but um
0: well, I I mean, I and I also like Here's, I don't know if I might bring this up, they do sort of some man on the street interviews. <laughs> I
1: saw those man on the street interviews. Yes,
0: <laughs> and I'm and I'm wondering, are like. It felt to me that these were not people who had actually been eyewitnesses to the to the UFOs, but in fact, were just people who had heard about it on the news.
1: <laughs> that could be it. Like they they just like <laughs> they they clipped out the few seconds where, you know, it can make it sound like they saw something rather than saying, oh, yeah, you know, I saw on the news, blah, 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 blah.
0: Right. and yeah. To me, it was like going to Dallas and just asking people around the book depot if they uh, knew about the Kennedy assassination. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like they weren't there, but they saw the cl- footage. Yeah. Anyway, maybe yeah. I'm being too being too nitpicky because this is a really fun. This is a fun segment. Also, I wanted to mention they do all of their man on the street interviews in the Grand Place in Brussels. Okay. Um, which I have been to. <laughs>
1: Oh, was this when you went to that political science conference?
0: Yeah, when I was when I was uh on a panel at a university uh conference in, in Bruges, Belgium, we spent a couple of days beforehand in Brussels. So I've in fact been to been to there.
1: I keep I've been to there. I keep forgetting mm-hmm. about that trip. Uh what was the topic of your I, paper? For you.
0: Um, it, w- it was uh, international energy security within the um, sort of triad of the United States, European Union and China. And uh, I believe I was arguing for a neoliberal institutionalist approach for a shared energy security as opposed to a competitive one, which we are currently in.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know that
0: probably made me sound like I was smart and important at some point in my life. Uh, but now I have an unsolved mysteries podcast
1: <laughs> yeah Ooh. Yeah, indeed um wow i that, that's so cool that you you got uh, you know there's there's only really two international trips I ever wanna take hmm one yeah. one is to Armenia. Are
0: these UFO based? No, is this UFO based Armenia?
1: I I, I guess I guess I shouldn't even talk about this. I'm not going to be mentioning UFOs, and I'm just leading us further astray. Uh, <laughs> we got an actually interesting segment, and I just keep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I. Um, I no, no. Just I was just going to say Armenia and then Bavaria, because I want to see all the
0: which is a part of Germany. Germany. Correct? Germany. Yeah. Right, it, isn't that where um Hitler grew
1: up? Um, he well he he he, he uh he was nearby because he he grew he grew up in Austria, right? Right, and then joined right. the German army. Yeah, no, it, it's funny actually. Um, do you remember? And and Connor will ha- probably have to bleep out this name, but do you remember oh. the tall German kid who came into the program? It would have been near the yeah. tail end of yeah, I. <laughs> There was there was like some class, a seminar or something, uh, mm-hmm. and someone brought up the topic of uh, like the, I mean it wasn't in class; it was just a conversation that was happening in a classroom before or after mm-hmm. class or something. And someone brought up the topic of the two world uh, of the world wars to him, and his mm-hmm. his response, and it seemed like he had you know been practicing and, and giving this response was like he proceeded to say that it was all the fault of the Prussians and that he was from Bavaria. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, whew, yeah. Well, I uh, would say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm sure we've probably gotten plenty of one star reviews now from the people who don't like our grad school stories. Um, <laughs> you're getting um, them anyway, but,
0: yeah, well they the listeners need context for our relationship and why we're here. Right. But you know what you know what I related to Germans? I really enjoyed uh, most most of other than the talking heads and the Grand Place in Brussels, uh, the the uh, interviews that we get about the eyewitnesses are interestingly mostly from police officers. Right. And one of the things I really enjoyed about the reenactments is seeing Belgian police uh, vehicles because <laughs> they're so small. Because they were alternatively a late '80s uh, Volkswagen Rabbit hatchback. Okay, I, I believe that was a Rabbit. You know more.
1: You know more about cars than I do. So,
0: okay. Um, and then, uh, sorry about the dog barking. And yeah. then later on, they're in a full-on Volkswagen bus. Yes with yeah and i'm like uh, you know those things reach a maximum speed of like 50 miles per
1: hour well well, which is at least 20 miles faster than they'll ever need to go in a chase in in belgium
0: right because everyone every criminal in, in belgium is on a bicycle
1: yes (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh with uh, a baguette in their basket that they've stolen. Um we, Belgium is very charming. We
1: we 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 can make fun of Belgium because I'm pretty sure I haven't seen very many listens from there. So.
0: No, they're, they're Belgium is a wonderful. I had a really nice time when I was there and I'm I'm and and it was very interesting that it, anyways, back to the thing about the cops, they were One's giving the eyewitness testimony and also Unsolved Mysteries had like full cooperation from the Belgian government. Right. Uh, as we will see in part two of this segment. And
1: they, they, they really hammer on that point, too. Uh, it's really fascinating. Um, yeah. I,
0: Unlike the U.S. government, which. You know, yeah, like
1: I actually has, I, has
0: actually recently admitted fully that ufos exist
1: well okay <laughs> so i i, I this them. this was something i was actually also going to talk to when, uh, later but i guess i'll just, I'll just talk about it now because yeah um you know this this segment aired in like the early 90s and mm-hmm. i remember as a kid i mean as as a 10 year old i didn't know what the hell belgium was but i was like wow this mm-hmm. country's government is basically saying that ufos are real which isn't mm-hmm. quite what they were saying but i mean uh uh i mean, I mean they weren't admitting that aliens were real or anything they're just like yeah we, we were tracking this object that would like move in ways that were impossible for a a man-made craft yeah um,
0: yeah, there's a, a litany of evidence besides eyewitness testimony, but in the reenactment I was uh, I was really impressed with like the level we're rendering UFOs now in Unsolved Mysteries.
1: It, yeah, I really I, I
0: really I, high level stuff.
1: I I, I agree. I, the, the these triangle equilateral triangle UFOs that they're throwing on screen yeah. are are pretty decent. They're not they're not just uh, crap. Uh, you know, it's interesting the U.S. because you mentioned you know the U.S. government, and yeah, certainly for decades, like the U.S. government's basically been like, "There's no way UFO, like aliens exist." The, the this is you mm-hmm. know, but I mean, they take like such a hard line. But as you've said, like, and I feel like it's happened a couple of times in in recent years. You know, the government just dumps out like stuff that you know, thirty years ago, UFO enthusiasts would be like holy shit this is real proof um yeah i and i can't help but feel that maybe it's just because like like i mean especially like that the most recent one they, they 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 rolled out i i kind of feel like it was this year yeah this year i kind of yeah. feel like it's basically you know the the air force air force has come to the conclusion like you know people are, are experiencing so much insanity now that we can just gradually roll mm-hmm. this stuff out <laughs> and it's really yeah. going to go unnoticed. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, our U uh, S government is a chaos factory now, so they can key slip <laughs> in some things like, uh, like, well, the thing, the thing about the, uh, the footage that they, the whole thing was this, like it was a congressperson, Um, who had slipped the footage out from the Air Force okay. of of these unidentified objects a couple of years ago I think that was 2017 and it was this year that the Depar- the actual Department of Defense went on record saying, yeah, that's real. okay. We acknowledged that that happened. so that so it, it it's not new footage, but it's it's just being acknowledged officially.
1: ah okay.
0: Um, yeah. so uh, yeah, they just. Just uh, slip that one. Do you? Hey, do you remember um, when Hillary Clinton was running for president and someone asked her if she would let, like, as president, if she gets the briefing that extraterrestrials are real, like, would she let people know? And she was just like, yeah, absolutely. I will make that public information.
1: God. Like, I- she
0: really locked down the, like, the, like, the, um, it's aliens vote.
1: <laughs> right, right. It's... That kind of reminds me of uh, there there was like a Saturday Night Live sketch of like, back back in the nineties of, I guess this was during the the Clinton's first presidential campaign of like him going to a Star Trek convention I, as you know as played by, uh, him as played by Phil Hartman, and mm-hmm. you know getting up and giving a speech about <laughs> about Star Trek. And to track the next generation, and kind of trying to thread the needle of, you know, because still at the time, next gen was sort of still a uh, controversial topic, right? I mean, it really only found acceptance in its third or fourth season. So, yeah. So, I mean.
0: I mean, it's not a topic I bring up in mixed company to this day. No.
1: Wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> god (laughs) what the fuck are we talking about we're talking about
0: space aliens robbie that's what we're talking about we're talking about how belgium was just like yeah ufos are real check it out that's all mysteries viewers
1: yeah they uh Uh, like i mean the united states the soviet union they're keeping all that shit like hush hush and belgium's just like yeah yeah here it is. Uh,
0: yeah, Belgium's like, uh, bon appetit. Uh, UFOs <laughs> are real.
1: You know, the, I was, you know, you mentioned the, the vehicles of the, I believe, I'm still not 100% sure I got the pronunciation right, but the, 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 the Gendarme, Gendarme, Yeah, the Jem'Hadar. <laughs> yes, the Jem'Hadar from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Um, <laughs> No, uh, these, these National Belgian Police uh, uh, Officers, uh, which I, I did a little bit of reading on them,
2: because
1: um, mm-hmm. like, I mean, they, they, up until the early 90s, they were actually part of the, of Belgium's Ministry of Defense. Oh. Yeah. Because um, they, uh, I guess, I guess, you know, they, they, they. They were kind of like uh, meant as a paramilitary or paramilitary organization, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, and they would uh, fight like communist cells and stuff. And it's interesting just because in the depictions we get, because in the first depiction of the people in the uh, the two officers in the car, I mean, Mm -hmm. the first thought that ran through my head was like, they got a couple of senior citizens Driving around <laughs> in this little car, uh, which I guess as as we you know I guess when you're just pursuing a uh, suspect on a bicycle probably <laughs> over a baguette right. probably yeah. isn't such a uh, doesn't require too much. Uh, and then I was also I also noticed in that first car load that one of the guys he kind of remind, reminded me of Dominique Pinon uh a a french actor who was uh i don't did you ever see si- the city of lost children
0: is he um he has like salt and pepper hair and a big nose and and
1: his hair's kind of like not curly, curly. but cur ish. yeah yeah
0: yeah i think i know who you're talking about
1: yeah i i thought the the one guy uh, kind of reminded me of him uh and then mm. and then you know the two the two officers who were driving the the van like, mm-hmm. they both had the same type of mustache. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is the Jim Darmory, like, when they put together their assignments, do they just tem- team people ba- up based off obvious physical <laughs> characteristics? Like, you two guys are old. You go that way together. Mm-hmm. You two guys have a mustache. Take the van. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Well,
0: mustache guys always take the van.
1: <laughs> yeah, them's
0: the rules, Robbie.
1: <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Um, it's interesting. They, they, <laughs> the their force even has a coat of arms too, and it. Uh, I mean, I wasn't quite sure what. A, I guess after reading the description, I understand what the image is supposed to be. I didn't quite get it at first, but it's their their coat of arms uh, is a exploding grenade, <laughs> so. Um, yeah uh, that's
0: pretty hardcore
1: yeah yeah so that's
0: pretty
2: hardcore
1: uh but wow. yeah so i mean we got like we got these excellent shots of you y- tri- triangles flying all over the place um i like how their dick boss was basically like oh <laughs> red and white lights huh it must be santa claus <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> it, it was not santa claus
1: no no uh no and then, you know, what's, what's interesting, the two odor officers, they, when they followed the UFO, they, uh, they saw a second one rise up from the ground in the distance.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now we had, uh, and they described earlier, like seeing the UFO, like shooting beams of light and the little red light would go down and sort of hover around. Uh, and it just reminds me a lot of our UK UFO experience with the, um, at at the U S air force base. Yes.
0: yes, Yeah. Cause
1: there's, you know, there's a thing going around shooting beams of light. Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't know, I guess maybe, uh, uh, the kind of conclusion I came to is I, I guess that's what. And, and they both involve like seeing another craft lies rise up from the ground and fly away. It's like, maybe that's mm-hmm. what UFOs do when they're like looking for their buddy. They go around, they shoot a beam mm-hmm. of light around trying to find them. They detach a little portable red light that goes around looking for them. And eventually they find mm-hmm. their friend and they can just fly off together or something.
0: You know, I was, I was thinking when they, sh- they have some footage from the, the Belgian air force, I guess. Yeah. Um, where they locked on an uh, it's like a diamond-shaped object. Which interestingly, either it's because of the technology they're using, or because these events were very similar, it looks a lot like the recently released Air Force footage from hmm. the United States. Yeah, uh, as far as what type of object they're filming, so they lock on this object and. Um, they uh, they mentioned that within a few seconds, it goes from uh, 10,000 foot elevation to about 50 feet. Yeah. Um. So it drops super fast. And then also it accelerates. I think it was something. It was like from a normal airplane speed to uh, 990 uh, kilometers per, or knots per hour,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which is, as they explained in the episode, one and a half times the speed of sound. Now, of course, we have airplanes that can go the speed of sound. They're sonic jets. Um, But interestingly, um, while this footage was being recorded, it was recorded over land. There was no um, accounts of a sonic boom that that would have caused in that kind of acceleration. Um, So they also mentioned in the episode that that kind of drop or acceleration would have would have easily killed because of the G4. It would would explode a person into goo is basically what would happen (laughs) right? if there had been any sort of soft bodied uh, thing in, in the, uh, in the, uh, vehicle. So it really got got me to thinking about all of these instances and specifically the ones released by the air force in the United States as well, describe big changes in elevation, um, sudden acceleration and deceleration that wouldn't be possible if like a living creature was operating it. So it really just got me to thinking that like all of these, ufo sightings are really just unmanned probes
1: okay and and
0: i and i don't i don't think i don't think that eliminates them being of earthly origin
1: that does that make sense yeah no that's 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 true because i mean we you know we have drones we have craft that don't have people in them um right uh, I'm glad. I was afraid there for a second. I thought you were actually going to like come out and say like, "I think it's aliens." I was like, "What?" You know, this is we're too late into this podcast for you to throw a wrench into that 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 this, <laughs> the dyna- dynamic here, where you go from being like Scully to motor.
2: You ever had the suspicion that you've been abducted by aliens?
1: What the?
0: No, heck? I mean, I, I'm not. I'm what I'm. What I'm saying is, I and I even if even if even if ufos were of extraterrestrial origin i'd think they're unmanned i don't think there's anything in there
1: that would probably be a lot more economical to pull off
0: yes especially i mean what what folks describe with seeing ufos also would defy some our some of our understandings of physics like for example the acceleration to to one and a half times the speed of sound would cause a sonic boom, but this one didn't. So, I mean, obviously we're lacking understanding or the instruments that are reading this are, are mistaken. Um, so it, you know, it, it also makes me think, you know, maybe even if they are extraterrestrial, it makes it's economical in that you don't have to send a living creature. Oh yeah. You know, across so many light years even if you can accelerate that quickly or running on some kind of fuel that lasts indefinitely like you can't um it just wouldn't make any sense no. i'm just saying it doesn't make sense
1: yeah no for sure i i concur
0: um robbie we have been talking for about 30 minutes okay pieing ufos <laughs> okay do, you- um, do we want to s- do you want to say anything else about Belgian UFOs before we, before we move on?
1: Um, no, I just, uh, Belgium's a great country. And if you're yeah, it's super cool, if you're listening and you're from I uh, work for the Belgium, uh, tourist authority or, or whatever it is, um, mm-hmm. please, please be aware that our podcast reaches hundreds of listeners. And so yes. if you want to like pay us to, 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 advertise your your beautiful country we're more than happy to do it
0: um yeah i mean if you want to send us some chocolates uh email us i'll give you the address send it send it you can just send it right on over thank you
2: yes
1: okay so (laughs) we're done talking about ufos
0: we gotta talk about the rock creek gang
1: yeah the 1960s um
0: I, r- real quick before we get into that, though, did they did this episode of Unsolved Mysteries just rerun a segment that we had already seen? Or was that an update
1: that that the segment we'd already seen? It was it was an update because, um, I mean, I guess, but it uses it uses that um, new family reunion uh, clip oh, that they, yeah, they, they, they use. Okay. But yeah, no, we, we definitely encountered this before. Um, though it was interesting watching through it again. Cause the woman who gave up her kid was Bel Belgian. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, I mean, this was like a, like a little bit of a little bit of a, well, Euro episode here. Maybe those UFOs
1: were looking for her kid. Uh, who knows? Uh,
0: anyway, <laughs> who can say,
1: yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, nothing we hadn't seen before. Um,
0: Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to ask before we moved on to uh, talk about um, Robert Hamrick. Uh, the name? Uh, events we're about to describe took place in the 1970s, specifically
1: 1970,
0: uh, in Rock Creek, Ohio.
1: Their depiction of the gang that's terrorizing the town—it's mm-hmm. kind of this weird mashup because, like, in terms mm-hmm. of you know their motorcycles. And just sort of the re- raison d'être. It's kind of like, yeah. What was the movie with Brando? The Wild Bunch. Sure. It's kind of like that, except they're dressed and they kind of they they act like nineteen eighties like movie gang people mm-hmm. with their je- jean jackets and stuff. So it was. It felt like this interesting yeah. mashup. I could never quite get around whenever i was i was watching.
0: getting like like real like b- biff back to the future <laughs>
1: energy <laughs> really
2: like yeah
0: but it was also like a, a little it was a, yeah it was like biff energy but it was like a little bit of like um lost boys energy minus the vampirism
1: fascinating yeah no that that works cuz it's like yeah. yeah they have that they they do have that energy of the Lost Boys, uh, uh, gang of youths. Um, yeah. But also, they I do kind of feel like each and a- any one of them at any point could say something like, "Now make like a tree and get out of here." So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I agree with your mashup description entirely.
0: Um, Um, I'm also wondering about the village of Rock Creek, Ohio itself, because this seems like a sleepy little town. And and the way the wiki uh, and and the episode characterizes this gang, it's a gang of redneck thugs. uh They were just fighting and drinking and ruining everything for this quiet little town. And so, I mean, I'm no Ohio expert, and uh, I I think I might know someone who is, Uh though, um, we ha- we have a friend that lives in Zanesville. So if, if Bill Tilly wants to weigh in as to what the situation in Rock Creek is, it's like, is it hood or is it nice? Because I've, I really found the, uh, just the idea, this, this gang, did it even exist? Is my question at the end of the segment. Did it even exist or was it a scapegoat for police corruption, ineptitude, I'm not sure. So, um, apparently, before uh, Robert Hamrick, young he was a young cop, uh, became the police chief, there were two two police chiefs before him that had quit as a result of harassment by the by the Rock Creek Gang. Um, so, in 1969, Robert is hired as the new chief of police, and he's like, "I'm this is it. I'm the one. I'm going to end it. it. Stops with me." Uh, Of course, after making his intentions known, you know, Robert starts getting threatening phone calls. Most of the uh, the reenactments and testimony that we get are from his wife. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, so he's getting harassed at home. His wife says he gets all he gets all these phone calls. And, you know, one day she actually picked up the phone and was like, you better you better tell him quit. We'll get him. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I'm not trying to not trying to make a light of a situation here. It's just like this this gang activity was very cartoonish.
1: Right. Okay? Well, yeah. I mean they <laughs> they sit outside as a uh, house honking their horn and you know yeah. laughing really loudly. I, I guess. Um, yeah. But I, I guess uh, they they were also involved with like car theft or something right because he they they find
0: right yeah they
1: find a a stolen car in a barn
0: (laughs) yeah it's been stolen from cleveland huh uh so so 1970 so you know he's on the job from what july 1969 to about march 1970 and so um you know chief hamrick robert was In pursuit of a speeding car, at least that's what he told his radio, uh, when he was suddenly lost, Um, you know, after not hearing from him for a little bit, the other cops come looking for him. But four hours later, they find Robert Hammer mortally wounded in his car. He was all kinds of messed up. And so at first it looks like he just kind of got, like, lost control of the vehicle and went off the road. But then... um, allegedly deputies found some evidence of foul play so his so there was like a bunch of blood in the back seat and uh the chief's revolver and nightstick were missing um the the car had been turned off uh you know so that that implies that there was like a like a second person you know messing around in there
1: right right um
0: Robert didn't die immediately unfortunately um he he died of his injuries some days later um he was in a coma uh also I, i'm getting this from the wiki i didn't get this from the um from the actual segment but i guess his skull had been crushed from front to back
1: yeah you know i'm watching but no yeah no, i'm i'm watching the reenactment right now and they're they're like hitting him in the head with something
0: yeah yeah Well, no glass is broken in the car. Um, If I don't know, but that could be explained again by a car accident and wouldn't necessarily need glass. I mean, if you're if this is, you know, who is who wears their seatbelts in the freaking 1960s? Um, You know, (laughs) if you get hit something hard enough and you get whiplash, your your forehead could go to the dash and then whip back to the to the car seat. So I I could see that happening without Uh um, without it having another person involved. Um, so everybody thinks he was murdered. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it.
1: Yeah. Uh, they don't catch anyone, right?
0: (laughs) No, they, they don't. I mean, uh, I think, I think, uh, in the, I think it was his daughter that's, she kind of gave some impressions that they messed with the wrong one and she's uh she's out for revenge.
1: That's why she kinda that's she was pretty chilling. That's why we don't get the update because she doesn't tell anyone how she like tracks down every member of the gang down one by one no. and executes them. Charles Bronson style.
0: Yeah. I was thinking um Kill Bill style.
1: Uh, that works, too. Yeah, yeah. Kill Kill Bill, Kill Bill is uh, certainly a more timely timely reference. Um, yeah, I, Kill Bill's the last Tarantino movie I really watched. I need to catch up on his mm. body of work.
0: Oh, do you? I mean. I
1: guess not. I mean, <laughs> really, I guess the only reason is I had a Tarantino conversation at work uh, a few days ago. And my coworker, you know, he's talking about like the Hateful Eight and uh, mm. uh, whatever the recent one was. I was like, Nah, haven't seen that. Haven't seen that. Haven't seen that. Haven't seen that one either. Oh, I have seen Reservoir Dogs. So, mm-hmm.
2: Um, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. All right. So, uh, did uh, are we done with this segment? I think we're done with this. All right. Let's talk about let's talk about my favorite topic, financial fraud.
0: You know, Robbie, I, I if you want to talk about the actual fraud part of this, and I, I can go off on uh, some other research. I'm going to say the R word, research that I
1: did. I'm not sure. I, uh, I, I don't, I don't really have a grasp entirely on what was happening. The uh, our our wanted person is a guy named Breen right what's what, yeah uh, philip
0: philip breen
1: philip breen uh he was uh, he, he worked at some company that involved mortgages like the company would buy mortgages
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and he somehow screwed the co- as we'll see he, he had screwed the company out of like millions of dollars uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: i'm not entirely sure i know how precisely uh yeah like he was I th-
0: I think I think he was um with another mortgage company. I think he was originating mortgages. Okay. And then selling them to get a third company and then pocketing the cash from that.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. We'll, I
0: think that's what was going on.
1: We'll go with that. I I prefer the good old okay. just standard Medford hustle of just being like Yeah. Uh you know, give me your money me too. and I'll I'll get you like a 25% return on right.
0: it. Right. <laughs> right. I, yeah, I prefer I prefer the old uh, the old pyramid scheme, the old Bernie Madoff, the Medford Hustle. The
1: but, good uh, old Medford Hustle.
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, F- Philip, uh, I mean, we get a lot of this story from his really and understandably pissed off wife, Kathleen.
1: <laughs> she is not happy.
0: Uh, <laughs> No, she's not. I mean, it's it goes through a, a series of things and and it all kind of culminates with him having a with Philip having a real weird weird time mm-hmm. at their condo in Florida. Um I guess at some point uh yeah, he'd sunk 2 million dollars into uh an investment. Now, in the unsolved mysteries segment, they don't go too deeply into this. So I'm I will. Okay. I'll do it here. Um, because I noticed in the background of the reenactment when Philip and Kathleen were getting in an argument, there was a, a poster for a baseball team called the Orlando Juice. Um, <laughs> so apparently in order to keep uh, all this, all this, uh, Philip had purchased the Orlando Juice baseball team for close to a million dollars. Now, if you're wondering why have I never, ever heard about orlando juice in my life at what league did they even play for and i will tell you what league they played for guess what it was the senior professional baseball association and that was started in 1989 it lasted until the fall of 1990 it played one and a half seasons
1: (laughs) wow even more (laughs) unsuccessful than i had anticipated
0: (laughs) right it was well it was a florida-based baseball team I mean, Baseball League. Yeah. It was almost entirely uh, in Florida. And uh, so here's the big draw. Why was this league different than another minor league team? And I'll tell you why. Because it was for players 35 and older, hence the word senior. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, players were enticed to come join teams. They were projecting salaries of 5000 to $15,000 per month. I'm sorry. That's, I mean, if you're basically retired out of MLB or you're coming up from uh, the minor leagues, that's a, that's a good bit of money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is probably how Philip Breen got in over his head to the tune of $2 million <laughs> and started drinking heavily because, uh, it was in fact him who was getting juiced.
1: <laughs> oh, this was all set up just so you could say that, wasn't it?
0: I have a lot of juice puns, yeah, so you
1: know i hey <laughs> when when him when him and his wife were having the argument and he like like mm-hmm. uh, i I was disappointed when I saw him pouring a glass of alcohol instead of a glass of orange juice. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's very off brand. Yeah. Since he wasn't drinking juice constantly. Uh so, so anyway. Um so yeah, so so Philip uh Philip sunk sunk all of his um embezzled money into uh from his mortgage scam into the Orlando juice. Uh interestingly, and this is not from the unsolved mystery segment. Again, this is my own this is my own. research that i did um so uh here's the thing specifically about the orlando juice i think i read this it had the lowest um oh this is compared to the rest of the senior professional baseball league Uh the juice were not they weren't great like let's be honest uh and their first complete season they posted a 37 35 record They were horrid at the box office, and they averaged a league worst of 400 fans per game.
1: Oh, ow.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, so Breen is just bleeding money here, okay? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, So, at some point in January of 1990, excuse me, the owner of the Winter Haven Super Sox Mm Mm-hmm. Uh Mitch Maxwell reached to Breen by phone discuss a senior leave T V rights deal. Um I guess Mitch was one of the last people to actually talk with Breen because it was some sometime uh the following day where he went missing. And so we go so we back to the unsolved mysteries segment. Um, there's a reenactment with the wife, like real you know, kissing her husband goodbye for the day, but realizing something's gone very wrong with him. He's just like really agitated and yeah, um, his office is now a mess and he's just drinking a lot. And, and she, you know, she felt like it was weird when she sent him off to work for the day. But then at some, some point later in the evening, she realized he wasn't coming back because like a lot of his clothes were gone and his luggage was gone. So he just really, really took off, um, so yeah, and then the wife had to sell everything they owned to get right with debtors, and was basically left destitute. So I have a feeling the reason she went on unsolved mysteries is because she really just wants um, this guy's balls for payment, pretty <laughs> much at this point.
1: Right, right. I mean, she's not going to make any get any of that money back, but if if, she, if right. she can like screw him over, at least she'll have some satisfaction.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, back to the Senior Professional Baseball Association. Sorry, I called it a league earlier. It's the association. All right. It returned in the fall of 1990 with now two expansion teams in Arizona and California. But because it was undercapitalized at this point, because Breen wasn't funneling embezzled money into it, I assume. <laughs> um, it f- it folded in December of 1990, midway through its second season. Ah. Uh. So, and uh, Philip Philip Breen uh, was never found. I thought for sure we were going to get an update. Right.
1: Well, I mean. But he
0: he disappeared off the face of the earth.
1: Yeah. They they have a, when they show the picture of him and they put the, you know, the words like he was never, you know, he hasn't been seen Mm. since. And they kind of, if I recall correctly, they kind of zoom in on the picture. It kind of like Mm -hmm. seems like they're trying to make him as menacing as like watch out because there's a murderer on the loose um, uh, yeah I, no there's just a fa- there's
0: just a failed baseball team owner
1: <laughs> <laughs> a failed baseball team owner yeah um, well I mean if I had to try to like figure out where he might be or how to find him yeah my first instinct would be to um, starting with you know the date he disappeared. Uh, Mm -hmm. Start looking up uh, information on people who have checked into uh, Las Vegas hotel rooms and killed themselves in the bathroom.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Because. No question. uh, Because just based off our previous experience with the the Medford Hustle, that's Vegas seems to be the place to go to if you you have committed some Mm -hmm. sort of financial crime in conjunction with being a baseball fan. Um, right i mean i mean whereas of course our 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 previous guys mostly just bought a lot of baseball merchandise this guy uh, he bought a team yeah that's he
0: bought a team yeah he did he spent he spent close to a million dollars for a um team on a nascent Senior league. Also, I just turned um, over thirty five, and I am very upset by being described as a senior.
1: <laughs> well, uh, how dare they? Understandable, but I mean, I, I think I think it's meant. It's meant to um, when you're when you're a base professional athlete, uh, right? The, you know the things are yeah, everything's relative, and when you're a, a professional athlete. I mean, once you get over 35, that that for us is like the equivalent of reaching like 70. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wait, 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 I mean, do wait. Do you ever
0: think about how like, yes,
1: you're 35.
0: I well, I'm over. I'm over. I just oh. had a birthday last week. So over.
1: Wait, you had a birthday last yeah.
0: week. Yeah, I did. It was last Friday.
1: Your birth- Why are you being so quiet? <laughs> Your birthday's not in October.
0: No, no, it's always been in June.
1: Happy yeah. birthday, Crystal! <laughs>
0: no, you don't, need, you don't need to do that. If it was a big deal, I would have brought it up. It's not. But
1: thank you. Yeah, you're you're welcome. You're-
0: because you know, after you start, when you start having birthdays that are over thirty five, it's just like Jesus.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm. Tr- I'm trying to avoid people knowing when my birthday is now.
0: <laughs> I I have it in my phone, so unfortunately, I do know. I do know when it is. Yeah. Sorry, bud. I know when your birthday is. Um, yeah. So, uh, s- do you ever think about though, like if you had, had been an athlete or had any inclination or talent whatsoever, mm-hmm. that your peak would have been like 20 years ago?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? It's like... uh, Yeah. It's... Being a professional athlete, it's such a strange career compared to so many because, like, basically, there's a limited time span in which you can do your profession. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you basically have to grab... As much money as you can within that time frame, because at some point, like your knee's going to go out or, you know, you're going to have an Achilles uh, injury or something. And you just won't uh, you won't uh, be able to pursue that career anymore. And you better have hoped that you uh, that you saved a lot of that money so that you can like put into like owning a car dealership or something. Uh, I,
0: you know, let me, let me, let me stop you right there. As somebody who lives within walking distance from uh, a number of Russell Westbrook car dealerships. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Russell Westbrook car dealerships. Interesting. interesting. Russell
0: Westbrook uh, car dealerships. Yes, I could. I could. I can like throw a rock at a Russell I, from my house and hit it. That's how close I am to a Russell Westbrook uh, car dealership. Um yeah, I mean that's what that show Ballers was all about, right? Like what's the what's the plan after?
1: I don't think I that's why you
0: need a business manager. I don't think, think I saw that show. It's bad.
1: Oh, okay.
0: It's a bad show.
1: <laughs> Never mind.
0: Um yeah, it's got it's got Dwayne "The Rock" Johnson in it though.
1: Oh. So. Yeah. He's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, he all right. Um yeah. So uh hey. Well we should probably wrap this up.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah. If uh you like our show, send us an email at reenactedpod at gmail.com. Uh the Twitter is at reenacted uh pod uh, or something. It's uh, just at
0: reenacted pod.
1: Re- at reenacted pod. That's, that's all it is. Uh yeah. go to Facebook, just search for the for the name of our our podcast and um please give us a five-star rating on itunes or whatever thing that you give ratings on and mm-hmm. you know if you don't like please, ha- please do that yeah and in and, the and, and, you know, if you don't like hearing about Crystal uh, Gr- uh, and robbie's graduate school adventures you just you don't have to mm-hmm. you don't Instead of going going to the effort of having to like dig our podcast up on iTunes and giving us one star, yeah. you it's easier yeah. if you just don't listen. You can, yeah. you can just stop. Um, you don't have to do anything. That more. feels
2: yeah.
0: No, you you really d- you really don't. You can just just not listen to it, and that's fine. It's like you don't actually have to say. Uh, things publicly about things you don't like to to the people you don't like. You could just, you know, keep that to yourself. I'm wondering, though, you were very specific in mentioning uh, grad school adventures. Do you think any of our former uh, compatriots have uh, just looked us up and... You know, maybe where there's some past aggression that we don't remember, and we've gotten a one-star review and some sort of oh, long man. revenge game. You
1: think it? You think it? It was personal, possibly. That's I, I mean, I, it could be. I don't
0: think. I don't think a lot of people we don't know listen to this. <laughs> well, <laughs> and why would they?
2: That,
1: that, that's true. Um, that's. Uh, I,
0: I just. Okay. Maybe we should apologize. Just a blanket.
1: Well, who do, who do we need We're sorry? Who do we need to apologize to though? Um, I mean I mean
0: I'm, sh- I'm I'm not sure that you need to apologize to, to anyone, but I'm pretty sure there's like a pff, lot of people I need to apologize to. Oh Jesus. Um, so so maybe should I you know we got a couple minutes. Should I like just get some apologies out of the way? Yeah, the I, I, I I'm actually
1: curious. So Okay. Um
0: uh, well, f- well, first and foremost, I want to apologize to, to Sonia because I, f- I feel like I really let that friendship go by the wayside and, uh, you know, she was always so warm and welcoming, not only to, to me, but to you as well. I mean, we spent Thanksgiving so together, thank you and I, I just feel like...
1: Thank you for the Thanksgiving meal, by the way. Meals. Yeah, I just
0: feel like... Uh, Sony was like really she was like really held the group together and I I, sh- I shouldn't have taken her so for granted and she was just a really wonderful person. So I'm sorry to I'm sorry to Sonia for letting the friendship slide. Sorry also to Stephanie. Um, I, I Stephanie next time you're in L.A. if you're listening to this I don't know if you still listen to this. I love you. I love hanging out with you. I wish I again I just really apologize for like any weirdness. Because um, you're just super cool, you're just a neat lady, and and I, I miss hanging out with you. I want to apologize specifically to Matt, um, not Canadian Matt, the other Matt. Um, yeah, sorry got weird on you, dude. Like, you didn't deserve that, you're a good man. Um, Canadian Matt, I probably flirted with a little too heavily, and he was kind of like... Um, not ready for this jelly and also i shouldn't have been doing that so sorry i didn't keep it more professionally with you canadian matt i'm sorry to brandon i feel like we should have invited him to more things he was such a nice guy so brandon if you ever felt left out i'm sorry for that oh god who else do i got um cheese.
1: um
0: remember remember barter
1: yeah Bateer? i do
0: yeah i'm I'm sorry to that guy because I just – he was like just – I don't know. I felt like he was weird. <laughs> and he probably was. And I'm sorry that I made him feel that way at any time if I did that. <sighs> um, there's specifically one person I want to apologize to, but I won't mention her name. Um, boy, we just talked so much shit behind her back, and I just feel like a real jerk for doing that. But honestly, it was kind of maybe a little bit deserved. I want to apologize to um, – Ostergard.
1: oh, dr o what
0: yeah i want to apologize to dr o because he just like ruled so hard and now that i've gotten out in the world and like met more people who either went to college or graduate school i really don't feel like they got the same level of education uh that i got from dr ostergaard so apologies if i was not if i was just kind of a punk ass to him and maybe i wasn't i don't know apologies to that guy Whew, is that everyone
1: uh gosh an
0: apologies to anyone i just forgot existed
1: (laughs) yeah you practically named every everyone (laughs) that uh, i remember uh hanging out uh, out with and stuff man i didn't realize you felt so guilty
2: um
0: i oh my it's it's uh i'm in therapy man it comes up um you know, we ended the last one of these on a um, on a Black Lives Matter message, and um, I uh, I, th- I think instead of plugging the Patreon again, I just I just wanted to re- reiterate as last week, as in this week, as in the week that weeks that will come that Black Lives still matter, and I I, I think it's bullshit. This is falling out of the news because people are still out on the streets. They're still putting their lives at risk to protest injustice. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I'm doing it without your permission, Robbie. Sorry, but gotta do it well, okay. um, because because the next the next thing that's going to come after you do the outro to this podcast is the um 1992 soul train mix and i really feel like without um acknowledging <laughs> the black community we are just appropriating a very fresh jam so um that you know we're taking we're taking the music and we've run with it so better promote um the message that's what I think. So I'm also sorry. I'm so also full of white guilt. <laughs> as it
1: turns out. Do you feel at the end of this? <laughs> do you feel better now that you've confessed all your sins?
0: <laughs> oh my god, Robbie, you have no idea how good that felt. God. No idea how good that felt.
1: All right. Um. Um. <laughs> so, uh, for every uh, mystery, there's. Um, There's a a person who knows the truth. Um, Mm -hmm. Perhaps that person is watching. Perhaps it's you.